Very fucking unprofessional. Are you okay? We're getting comfortable, chilling, mailing it in, waiting around on inspiration. If this is as high as you ever got, not career success-wise, but from a skill level, like have you wrote your best song? Did you leave no stone unturned creatively? When you put yourself in uncomfortable moments, you find out a lot about yourself. And usually you find out that you're capable of rising to that bar that's set by that uncomfortable situation. Professional as fuck podcast. I've been making moves like a lot of positive changes. It's funny how the roster rearranges. Some of my closest became strangers. Don't come back now. Shit would be dangerous. Thought y'all want the best for your man. Wasn't success part of the plan? Y'all gonna have to help me understand. When I'm slipping, I'm in high demand. Doing better, I can't find a fan. You want me to end how I began? Can't do it. The movement is improvement. Only offends those who don't do shit. Cool shit, stupid. Had to change the life I lived to do better for my wife and kids. Set an example for when either of my boys is wiping his and making sure that my daughter ain't wiping tears. This is without a shadow of a doubt. The talk of the town, what your channel's talking about. Unprofessional as fuck with your host Ruck, episode 226. Man. So happy to be here with y'all on this Friday. We made it through another week. Gotta find a way to start re, uh, Recalibrating my schedule, man. Always got these Fridays being the most difficult days. That's that shouldn't be the, the you know the uh, the method to the madness. However, you know what? There's no better way to roll into the weekend feeling like shit is accomplished, leaving no stone unturned. I hope that's how we're all here at the moment, able to now finally relax and reset. Regardless of whatever it is you're doing this weekend, make sure you're doing that shit safe with the ones that uh, matter to you the most. Definitely gonna be the recipe over here. For those of y'all who are Patreon subscribers, y'all know that Wednesday was a real special day for us, our brother in heaven's 37th birthday. Once again, happy birthday to our brother Joe. Festivities planned for tomorrow as well, so I wanted to make sure to get all this work out of the way to be able to just dedicate it to, like I said, man, creating memories with those who mean the most. Without further ado, man, it's a, it's a busy, busy uh, pod right here, man. Lots of notes, a lot of shit happened. Leaving some in the tuck. Want to make sure to get another Patreon in as well. And uh, sports is kicking up, so be on the lookout for that sports episode 12. Man, today was one of them days, man. I'm talking about, uh, you know, you have a set schedule and you know what your route is going to be. It's going to be something that's going to be you know most feasible for you. Or actually, like, whatever benefits you the most, right? If I got somewhere far I got to go to, I like to get that shit done first and foremost early in the morning. Avoid, the you know, the brunt of the traffic, especially on a Friday where everybody's in a rush to make shit take longer. 
But um, as dope as it is for my work schedule wise, we're able to you know just put put the pieces together. You you got certain places you got to be on certain days, but as far as like the the minutes, the hours, you know, it's kind of at your uh, disposal. So I kind of just set it up the way that I thought would be best, and then you get these emails. A lot of my job is is putting out fires. You know what I mean? Uh, being in my shit's station and location in the in Illinois, being over here on the West Coast, it's kind of like you on an island for the most part, right? So today I was getting emails, even showed up to one of my places, and they kind of got like a, a SOS from another building, or at least what it seemed like. Switched the whole schedule up. Route was out of pocket. You know what I mean? Made no damn sense. And I'm a person who likes to be efficient, so. Definitely trying at that, and then, you know, um, I guess while I was half asleep this morning, my wife uh, volunteered me for making dinner, which is like, all right, you know what I mean? Uh, it is what it is. On top of that, she was like, yeah, there's going to be a target order, too. You got to go get that. So um, the long day, the inefficiency, you know what I mean, having to go kind of just shuffle things up last minute, never a fan of that. And then um, as I'm driving home, I can see the finish line, right? Checker flags right there. Then I get... Uh, in the group text, my my daughter's like, what's for dinner? You know what I mean? Hella N's, hella E's, hella R's. <laughs> so it's like, oh, man. Then the wife's like, oh, uh, Ruck's making dinner. Woo, woo, woo. I'm like, what? You know what I mean? News to me. What, what the feasy? Took advantage of a half-sleep, man, but it is what it is, right? So long story short, get home, had some things to do here. Then I uh, get ready to go out, grab that target order, because I'm a person who usually, once I get home, that's it, done dilly. The boots come off, and that's a wrap. The slides go on, you know what I mean? The sweats, and I'm in comfort mode. So um, it was it was uh, added to, you know what I mean, an already uh, chaotic day. But, you know, go grab the target order, come back, start cooking, tell the kids, you know what I mean, everything's going to be on the table. Thank God they were able to get back at a decent time when it was still, you know, just getting done. So that, that worked out well. I say all that to say this. It's not really for a pat on my back. It's more so just to show some love to, to the wifey, man. She does this every damn day. So um, with that being said, you know what I mean? If you're a man listening to this, make sure that you make your better half's week easier somehow, some way. And um, just, you know, let them know that they are appreciated. And on top of that, women, if your man is going the extra mile to make you smile, make sure that you let him know that uh, he's doing his damn thing as well. That's it for my public service announcement. Now let's get into the damn show. Want to um not start somber, and I hate when we have to do this, but I do want to begin by sending some love out to the Brodus family. For those of y'all who are really uh up on your hip hop game, you know Calvin Brodus is the birth name of who you knew as Snoop Dogg. Shit, he's like Cher Madonna, like right. You could just say Snoop, and across the world, regardless of age and and whatever it is, they know who you're talking about. Today, though, we're talking about his young daughter Corey Brodus who unfortunately took to her social medias on Thursday to let everybody know that she was dealing with health issues. Went to the hospital, was rushed, I guess, to a ER, and, and eventually was given news that she had suffered a severe stroke. This comes to her at the tender age of 24, which is always scary regardless of age, and no matter what you are, what you're prepared for in life, something like that comes and it just, you know, Knocks down any any other any other plans you had, anything that you thought was set in stone, you know what I mean, just throws you for a loop to say the absolute least. And um wanna shed you know, send love out to the Brodus family. Love, prayers, and support out to Miss Corey Brodus, twenty four year old. This is a direct um 
quote from her. Well, actually, I'll paraphrase it. She went along the lines to say, man, I'm 24. You know what I mean? Like, obviously brought her to tears when, when the doctors gave her the news. She just asked, like, what kind of things have I done in my past to deserve this? I want to uh, reiterate once again, especially just what with what we've been celebrating, that sometimes, you know, the the method of, of whoever your Lord and Savior is is going to be something that's going to be confusing. Unfortunately, in my uh, 38 years here, I realized that sometimes the most innocent of people are those who do so much for others or, or whether they're taken early or just have to deal with, you know, more than others. It, it seems that um, that's just the way it is, right? Now, for those who don't know, uh, Miss Corey Brodus had been diagnosed with lupus at the age of six. If you're unfamiliar with lupus, it's an autoimmune disease that causes inflammation in more, multiple organs of the body. Can't imagine how frightening that would be, right, at the age of 24. And to be honest, as a parent, I'd be absolutely terrified. So once again, man, it's love, prayers, and um, all the above to not only Corey, but the entire Brodus family. And, uh, you know, wishing y'all the best and a speedy recovery. Now, let's um, get to some good news for Snoop. Obviously not his focal point, to say the least. But uh, for those of y'all who know Snoop for the GGN, YouTube viral sensation. Y'all know what it is, right? When he did Nemo, Nemo hoes. He's actually uh, let us know recently while doing a live, but I don't know who it was. Don't forgive me for that. Usually I like to uh, give love to the publication, but Snoop uh, let us know that he's going to take GGN from the viral YouTube sensation to the big screen now in a movie that's going to be upcoming, inspired, and in the uh, wheelhouse of Anchorman has 400 and some episodes, right? That I shot from day one. It's time for GGN the movie. I'm in a lane that has called itself podcast. When I created GGN, there was no things called podcast. So now it looks like I'm imitating or I'm trying to get in a lane of others in which I actually helped create this lane, but I'm not the credit guy. So I'm just going to flip it into a movie on some Anchorman shit. And, you know... On that kind of shit, like a comedy movie with me playing Nemo Hoes, Finding Nemo. That's what's up. I can't lie, man. Are y'all excited to, you know, to peep the project? Let me know in the comments. For me, I mean, I'm definitely going to check it out. Didn't watch every episode of GGN, but anytime there was somebody up there who I knew, you know what I mean, he could catch a vibe with, somebody funny, I would definitely go peep it out. Didn't really like the subtle shot at the podcast game. Um, I'll be honest with you. I think that a lot of people are, are really, uh, I guess, just uneducated or, or, or naive. You know, ignorance is bliss and whatnot. But this uh, podcast thing has been going on for a long fucking time. And I know that when we discuss it, we talk about kind of in the hip hop space, which is a lot newer than the actual beginning of when pods were doing their thing. But y'all need to remember that back in the first little Apple joints that used to come out, there was always that podcast app. Nobody just ever knew what the fuck it was for. It's been in your phone. I mean, even to this day, while going out and meeting people, you know what I mean, just being social and whatnot and letting them know, hey, you know, the pod, check it out. They're like, well, how do I do that? You know what I mean? Are you on YouTube? And it's like, no, nah, I mean, it's already on your phone. Just, just you know, you got you to know what you're doing. And um, if we're ever talking hip-hop and podcasts, I want to always send love to Combat Jack, rest in peace, Combat Jack, and thank you for everything that you did, all your contributions to not only the podcast game, but all your work that you've done before that. 
you even got to look even further, uh, or maybe not further, but around that same timeline, the Juan Epstein podcast. And I know that Epstein name carries a horrible stigma to it these days, but that was the old Cypher Sounds. I can't remember who else he did it with, man. It's bothering me that I can't remember. I think Peter Rosenberg. So there's been this going on for a while now, and I, I do think that while Snoop is right, you know, this whole speaking in front of people in the, in the hip-hop uh realm is kind of you know could all get thrown into the same box but i don't really look at ggn like it was a pod and to be honest i don't really like the podcast name it was something that i wish i could just take off of the logo and everything and i will in the future because at this point this is just a show especially when we get to the points where we're doing the video and everything i really feel like it's going to live in its own space so with that being said snooper excited to see your uh, project at least i am i can't speak for everybody but y'all let me know what y'all think man Speaking of shows and excitement, can't be uh, any more excited for Vince Staples. We have been hearing about this for some time. Vince Staples is a uh, reoccurring guest on many different publications. You know, I love when he when he features himself on the uh, Joe Budden podcast that I'm an avid listener to. So anytime that guy comes up, I'm I'm left with the same thoughts, man. Whether it's you know a, a talking podcast shows of any kind of uh, format, whether it's scripted or, or just something live. I've always been of the belief that Vince Staples is long overdue for his own, right? One of the most organically funny individuals in the world, not just the world of hip-hop, Vince Staples has shared, you know, his first trailer and release date for the upcoming series. Today was a good day, the Vince Staples show. I'm home. How was your day? I bailed you out last week. We ain't got no chicken for you! That was cool. Come on, man. Hey, cuz. Let me hold something, nephew. What's up with dude? Anything interesting happen? Lemon pepper. Certain actions require responses. Who the fuck is Vince Staples? <laughs> Not really. Definitely excited, man. Obviously, the trailer in audio form isn't the best, you know what I mean, depiction of what's going on. I really do implore y'all to go and check it out on your own. This is going to be coming to Netflix February 15th. Please be on the lookout for that and support it anytime. There's some, you know, dope, genuine people from the culture that are out doing their thing and stepping into a new, I guess, you know, platform, you know, stepping out and being vulnerable with whatever it is that they do. I definitely want to make sure that y'all support a real one. Vince Staples show coming to Netflix February 15th. Just a multifaceted artist, man, immensely talented. And if I had to bet on anybody, you know what I mean? I would bet on this guy without hesitation, regardless of what it is that he's doing. Now, something I would have never bet that I would ever see. Well, you know, I guess let me be a little bit more descriptive, right? There's a, there's another Tupac posthumous album coming out, and that I could have, you know, thought maybe was going to happen eventually. It's been quite some time. But the way that that guy worked and with all the different pieces of art that he's got laying around all over the place, it was just a matter of time before somebody picked it up and did something with it, right? But if you were to ask me the last name on this earth that I thought would be attached to the next joint, it would have been this man. Definitely never would have guessed in a million years, but apparently there's another 
album on the way from Legendary Tupac that will be handled by none other than Cat Williams. What the fuck? Now, ever since that appearance on Shannon Sharp's Club Shay Shay, I haven't done a show without the mention of Cat. It just shows the success of the viral moment wasn't one-sided. Patreon subscribers know about the Cat Williams diss to Ludacris. Just did that show recently, right? The response is the response we all could have done without. But now it's starting to make sense. As horrible as that rap was, the fact that it premiered on Suge Knight's podcast, which is through a collect call while he's in prison, had me scratching my head, right? But now somehow, Cat Williams has the keys to the Pac vault. And even more shocking, the first confirmed feature, or at least the name that they wanted to make sure was out there as soon as this news broke, is that of Cardi B. What the fuck? Now, I mean, to me, this clearly looks like a money grab. I would really hope that some of these proceeds make its way back to the estate and the Shakur family. If I had to be a betting man on that, I would say it might not be the case. The fact that this breaks on, on the premiere, you know, the premiere of this news comes out on the Suge Knight podcast while he's doing what he's doing. I don't want to cast stones, but I just feel like those guys who were the OG OGs are at least always painting themselves in that light. Nowadays, the way that they're conducting business has me a little bit put off in, in the sense of like, oh, okay. So now the gangsters are going against all the gangster rules, but that ain't my realm, so I'll stay the fuck out of it. All I do know is this just looks a little wild to me. I could be out of bounds, you know, but only time will tell. We, we shall see what happens with this. Cardi B, Cat Williams, and Tupac. With Suge Knight's blessing. This is, sounds like a mess to me, but we'll, we'll see, man. I got faith in Pac. I do not have faith in the public, though. If y'all been on that last Patreon show, I told y'all about the $400 paperclip. That only carried that value and, and, you know, at least was only put to that prize point because this specific paperclip was from Prada. All right. Look like a regular ass paper clip. They're supposed to be used as a money clip in their um, humble opinions. And to me, you, know, you got to be a fucking fool for one to be carrying around money with a money clip, a paper clip at that and pay $400 for it because it has a small indentation that says product. But hey, that's the world we live in, right? Not to be left out of the party. Louis Vuitton is now back in the, entered their name back in the race. Sticking with the theme of, you know, shit that we don't need. Pharrell Williams, as we all know, is taking over that lead role, at least in the men's creative director department, right? And since he's taking it over, he's been active. It's not really my my wheelhouse, not really something that comes across my algorithm as far as, you know, shit that I would normally be interested in. But I have caught a few of these items, at least, you know, caught wind of them. I did see uh, the Timberland Louis Vuitton collab that's on the way, or at least I guess um, if they're already modeling this shit, it should be on shelves somewhere. Always been a fan of the classic Tims, you know what I mean? Like, I'm indifferent on those because I always loved the style of the classic Timberlands, the wheat joints. And I guess the only way that you would know that these are the Louis Vuitton versions is because in the inside of the tongue, if it's flopped over, you'll see the classic LV logo. Now, people have always clowned me from being over here on on the West Coast, especially from the Bay and rocking Tims the way that I do. Hell in New York, I always had the, the tongue flapped over as well untied and, and you know loose so i can see where if you put the logo there and the right people are wearing it wearing it the way that they would it would be visible but the next item i seen on my feed was dumb as fuck 
what's being dubbed as a high fashion accessory and the brand is the brand's take on the classic paper sandwich bag. What the f- easy man. I didn't hit that fucking uh, sound bite enough. So I'm gonna leave that alone. But to me, it's no more applicable than now. This is a, essentially a large clutch for men. Focus on that for a moment. Made of cowhide leather with the classic Louis Vuitton lettering and the magnetic blue fastening. Now this uh, take on a classic sandwich bag is priced at over $3,000. No thanks. The item released on January 4th. And I guess, you know, eventually we're going to start seeing this shit in rotation. Motherfuckers will be chasing that logo and designer game shit. They're not going to be able to do it without it. So my question to y'all is who do you think the first rapper we see with this goofy ass man clutch? Who do you think we're going to see the first rapper with the cow ass clutch in hand? I don't know, man. I got certain guesses. I'm going to leave it to myself. But, um, <laughs> rhymes with ho something. Like Joe Button. <laughs> I don't know. I can see some shit like that. I can see uh who else? Who else? I can see Jim Jones. I can see fucking Lil Uzi Vert. I can see all these cats doing some fucking ignorant shit like that. But hey, if, if somebody's gonna pay for it, then who's to say don't put it out? Some shit that you should have never put out. And shocking to me more than more than anything is somehow that bag isn't the dumbest shit that's gonna be featured on this episode. Not even close. Somehow, some way, a show was in the works where 20 men completed on a speed date format. But the prize was a date with Krishan Rock. Oh, my God. Serious question is, I really want to know who the hell is following her, Blueface, and that whole, you know, shit show of a crew that, that got whatever they got going on. They're Z-less celebrities, as I like to call them. Somebody's got to be paying attention to this shit because the opportunities continue to roll in. Now it went just how you could imagine, right? Before filming could finish, shit, maybe even before the the contestants even began filming, it was uh, exposed that some of the contestants at hand were armed and argumentative. So uh, sooner than later, it resulted in one of the contestants being pistol whipped and bloody while on set. <laughs> There's audio clips that I had saved initially to play into the show, but I'm telling you, I lost brain cells listening to the motherfuckers, so I'm not going to bother y'all with those. I don't know, man. Um, I didn't intend to get too serious on a Friday, so I'm going to just get to the jokes. But this shit ain't funny, to be 100% honest with y'all. Now, I knew the world was off when they found women who were willing to compete for Flavor Flav on this old VH1 show. But at least, you know, that's Viacom, a reputable network with security for one, proven success for, for two. This uh, clip that I've seen, these video clips, and then, you know, her whatever half-ass description of what was going on, at least as much as she could muster. The studio looked like a cheap-ass studio, you know, well, forgive me, y'all. Y'all know, though, where the Chola Bras used to take pictures at with all the other future single baby mamas. <laughs> My fault, my fault. You know what I mean? Well, they used to take the pictures without their baby daddy because that man was probably serving a sentence at the time. Um, 
The funny part to me was Bruh stuck around with a paper towel hanging out of his nose. Blood all over his Fashion Nova men's windbreaker sweatsuit. Now, do I know that that was the brand? No, but could I guess? Yeah. And in the video that they did show, which is enough uh, evidence for us, you know what I mean? Get this to Vlad. He's going to solve the case. Bruh had two guns on him with his Laura Croft looking ass. You know what I mean? Yosemite Sam inspired GTA LA character motherfucker you. The serious point that I want to point out, you know what I mean? Is this Chattel Krishan that whatever platform is presenting her with this did not respect her or or have her security in, in mind in the least bit? And to me, man, 20 guys who showed up to compete for her arm, you know what I mean? Y'all got some self-respect issues as well. Uh, I will leave it at that. I don't want to, you know, cast too many stones, but y'all got to really put this shit in perspective for me. Who the fuck is giving this woman an outlet along with the father of her child, you know what I mean? Another clown, in my opinion, and we all know that they're kind of, you know, an uh, entity of whack 100 whose name couldn't be more fitting. Another one of the OGs who got a microphone and just went batshit crazy. It is what it is. There is a way to be the polar opposite of this, though, and, and result somehow with the same type of issues. Well, I'm of the belief that there's absolutely nobody looking out for Krishan. There is an instance where you're given a little too much love. Y'all got to hear me out, man. Well, to be honest, man, I can show y'all better than I could tell you. So that's what I'm going to do. You ever should have made get nervous once I spook ain't nothing stopping this fool on copping the loop blaze it up hopping the coop bend the corner jumping out then I'm popping the two shocking the news fairly right he's flocking the dude but fuck it the blood steady blowing the bud while you bust his own crutch steady holding the grudge you don't want it with blood my hood raise you brazy I'm brazy and shady blood as fuck <laughs> podcast oh Till I leave my maker, my heat, my paper. All I want till I bleep and I wake up. <laughs> Sheesh. I blame all of y'all. Every last one of y'all. Y'all heard the reactions when this man stopped? Motherfuckers enticed him to continue going. Come on now, bruh. I'm sorry if I'm going crazy with this same soundbite, but it's all applicable, man. What the feezy? Oh, man. You know, I let that first bars on I-95 freestyle slide, even though it was, to me, a blemish for that platform and the catalog that they've built, right? Their slogan is, bring your pen game, not your name. Somebody got to stop this shit, man. Hey, boy, I say this with all due respect. Cut it out, fam. And I don't want to do too much, right? Hey, boy, he's done his thing, and he's somebody that I highly respect as far as a producer is concerned. I know, you, you know, Pops just came home, always had those rapper dreams, and I'm in absolutely no position to shade anybody in any way when it comes to something like that. But it's just not good, bruh. Y'all heard those reactions, and then it's like you've got these yes men around you, and, and bruh starts smiling from ear to ear. has got, you know, a logo. I guess this is his new trademark to keep banging. Not really something that I would want to be wearing on my chest as, as my slogan when I just came home from doing the bid. Working with my child, but hey, somebody got to tell the OG the truth, man. I ain't going to say it's it's all pure garbage. I mean, you could tell that there's a passion there, and with passion, you could work, and with persistence, you could you could get better. But it just needs more work, man. 
With all the shit that you have at your disposal, there's absolutely no need to rush it, right? It could only do you more harm than good, and that's just my humble opinion. I feel like with your son as the producer that he is, with the relationships that he has in this game, the people who would go out of their way to do, you know, him a solid to in, in turn get some work down the road. You look at that album that they put together. I guess they said they did it in one night, him and the game. I, I, ain't, I ain't listened to it at all. I heard the single that came out. I saw the video. To me, that shit was just, you know, another whack 100 production. But just to tell you all that you need to know about that. Shit like that just puts it in perspective, right? The people that we look at and we try to shade or, you know, say they're whack or, you know, the time is up. You just got to fucking put a little bit more respect on those individuals. And the person who falls into that uh, category for me is definitely Ja Rule. Never would have guessed that me and Ja Rule would share an opinion, especially not at this point, right? But you got to admit he made a good point when it came to this instance. Were you, th- does it make you mad or what, what were the feelings? You know, not really. You know, um, these lists, they're meaningless because music is subjective. It is. You like who you want to like. You know, everybody has their favorite artist and their favorite, you know, whoever. But my thing was... <laughs> Let me clear my throat. Yeah. <clears throat> because this is a list, you know, comprised by Billboard. Yeah. They do numbers and statistics, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so... That list is impossible to make without Ja Rule being on it. (laughs) Statistically. Statistically. Impossible. Well, I I put the numbers up at the beginning of the show. We named all of your rankings on the Billboard list. And and those are number ones. We didn't... We talking about... 17, 20 right. top 10 entries. Yeah. You know, like, like come on, man. And, and, and there's, there's the artists that are on the list that don't have number one records, don't have number one albums. Don't. Right. So, I, you know, I'm not knocking anybody yeah. on the list because, like I said, music is subjective. Right. And, and when it comes to some of the older artists, you kind of got to go by a different... Different metrics. Different it's metric t- it's system. Compl- it's like, I don't like NBA the rankings. Sales, they didn't have the things. So I, don't I get like that. It. Yeah. But... but- <laughs> I said what I said. <laughs> hey, definitely should have gave y'all some context. I'm unprofessional as fuck, though. Keep that in mind. This discussion was on the Tamarin Hall show, a recent uh, episode. And I guess the, the topic of discussion, obviously, was the Billboard Top 50 Greatest Rappers list that they recently put together. Now, everybody is kind of of the same mindset when it comes to these lists. They're more so to incite. You know, uh, backlash, you know, they want people to be outraged because, of course, unfortunately, we will always highlight some shit that we're not in agreement with more so than we will promote something that we love. Something I could definitely work on myself, and I know a lot of us, you know, could probably say the same. Well, let's just break it down, right? Kind of does confuse me how when it's Billboard and the publication that they are and how everything with them is statistics and graphs and, you know, the, the numbers. Jaws definitely got a point. Got to be in 100% agreement with him here because, you know, he had a run of runs during his heyday. And you got to also put in mind that this is during the physical portion of, of the of the music business, right? The era where you were still going out and buying full projects based on whatever rollout, whatever, you know, kind of a media appearances they did, your faith in what their music catalog was in general and whatever single or, or song they pushed at the time. This is a guy who went multi-platinum a number of times, right? Was uh, definitely somebody who scared those of, of, of the 
likes of 50 Cent. You don't go trying to knock somebody down unless you feel like they're a threat. A lot of people let that other shit live because it's like, okay, as many people are out here doing things that are whack, it's only going to make me look better putting out a good product, right? We know now, hindsight 2020, that 50 Cent came out and tried to, you know, throw uh, stones at, at, at Ja Rule for the way that he was doing things. Are oh, you making girl songs? What happened to the thug? You know, this, that, and the other. And then went and completely took his whole entire blueprint and used it to further his success. Now, I don't want to spend too much time on that because I feel like 50 Cent is a person who is going to win and be successful regardless. So that aside, let's just talk about it, man. Like I said, multi-platinum multiple times back in the days of physical copies. Back in the days of uh, actual physical print media, right? Source magazines who always didn't have the greatest things to say about them. Publications who kind of rode that wave once he's no longer the cool item, the hot ticket. He goes from being your cover story to his enemies or ops, whatever you want to call them at the time. Being able to get that cover while trying to throw shade in his direction. But if we're simply talking about a publication like Billboard where numbers, statistics, and sales reign supreme, as you could clearly tell by the way that they put together their little uh, award shows, definitely doesn't seem like, you know, it's, it's a fan's choice, although... Numbers are indicative of people actually listening. You got to kind of put that in perspective and look at it with, you know, take it with a grain of salt. How many of us aren't per se self-admitted Drake fans, but anytime he puts out an album, somehow, some way, we know a good handful of lyrics to three, four, five, six, seven songs that's on the joint. That's a result of that shit just continuously being pushed in your direction it goes, you know, from being all over the terrestrial radio, if you still listen to that. All over your feed, if you're a social media user, right? Regardless of what it is, it don't even have to be a Drake post. It could just be somebody that you follow, you know, showing uh, their story. Whatever they share, they got to put it to the newest Drake song, right? Whether it be a fitness shit. I know a lot of people use the hotline bling and ran that into the ground. Now, now with the inception of TikTok... I can only imagine how far it goes on that platform. But you got to just trip the fuck out how Billboard could put together something at this point talking about the top 50 rappers when it comes down to numbers and not mention that gentleman. To those of y'all who listened to that last Patreon episode, I went from, you know, trying to cast stones at Ludacris to actually having to contradict myself and correct myself rather and just look at shit as as for what it is, right? Remove all the bias. Remove however you felt that things have aged, the choices that these individuals have made. Just because the dude's highly successful in, in film doesn't mean that he can no longer rap, which was displayed when he did his response to Cat Williams. I listened back while I was listening to the pot again, and that just seemed like something he had in the tuck that added certain select parts to make it as though it was a response. Not too much uh, shots that were actually really taking that cap. More so just trying to clear his name. And when you're attached to films such as, you know, the Fast and Furious, 
catalog, however you want to call that, right? It's not, I don't even know what you call it at this point. However many episodes that they've done, just a saga, I guess, right? I'm sure you have um, relationships and, and endorsement deals that you can't really muddy up, especially not trying to prove yourself to a comedian trying to rap, right? And definitely not to that response that Cat put out. But we just got to be honest with ourselves. As much Drake slander or however you want to take my takes on Drake. He's keeping the lights on in this music industry. So whoever it is that you do actually like and care for can still have a reason to be putting out music. If you really want to look at it, right? You got to just kind of be honest about it. Speaking of Billboard, they kind of shed even more so light on this. With an article that caught my eye. It only makes this even more so apparent. Now, when I looked at this article, it kind of just highlighted where we're at when it comes to the music business now, as opposed to the days of the Ja Rules of the world going, you know, Diamond or whatever it is that they did. Multi-platinum, you know, time and time again. The headline was kind of what caught my eye and, and, and I had to, you know, dig deeper, look further into the story. Headline read as follows. Listening to music is cheaper and easier than ever, but most songs are largely ignored. Now, something like that is definitely going to catch my attention. I've heard on other publications stories about how there's so many songs that are on Spotify that have never been streamed. That, to me, was insane because I'm like, how is the artist themselves not go play their shit? To me, that don't make no damn sense. I record a little verse in here. Solo, not even a complete project, right? And I'm I'm playing that shit back while I'm driving around, you know what I mean? Guilty of it. So that caught my attention while I heard it at other places. But now, looking deeper into this, was even more so shocked. According to Luminate, the company that tracks music streaming and sales globally, their 2023 year-end report discovered that of the 184 million songs released that were eligible for royalties, last year, 60% or 109.5 million weren't even streamed enough times to pay for a cup of coffee. I'm going to read that again. Of the 184 million songs released that were eligible for royalties. Now, what they mean by that is their own original work, something that they can't, you know, like back in the days, people would rap over other people's beats and say for promotional use only. Because you could get into muddy waters if you were using people's shit. So once again, of the 184 million songs released that were eligible for royalties last year, 60% or equivalent to 109.5 million weren't streamed enough times to play for a pay for a cup of coffee. Excuse me. Got to put that in perspective. Going further, 16%, which is equal to 30 million tracks, were streamed between 101 to 1,000 times. 18%, equivalent to 33.9 tracks, Weren't even streamed up to 10 times. 
This sent me down a rabbit hole to try to look at, okay, well, let's look at 2023 because that's the metrics that we're going off of, right? Got me thinking, well, who was the most successful first week release? Because that's, I guess, you know, just what we glorify here in hip-hop. It's always got to be about the first week, the first week. And the only reason why I hold any credence to that is because nowadays in this microwave era, when you're getting 183 million, whatever they said, songs in one specific year, People are pumping out quantity over quality. We now live in a time where a person could have 20 tracks and the album will be 38 minutes. Because they're trying to take advantage of the streaming era where it's going to take, you know, uh, X amount of streams to even equivalent equal one sale. Whereas in the past, in the Ja Rule, in the ludicrous days, you went out and you spent your 10, 12 Upwards of sometimes $20 for a project in totality and you just live with whatever you got. Now when you could just one click distribute across whatever platforms you want the same way that I do this podcast. It's so oversaturated that people aren't even being discovered. Nobody's able to go dig through the digital crates and find shit that they like. You have to really go out of your way. Or, you know, depend on somebody that you could trust their ear to steer you in the right direction. But back to the point. 2023's most successful first week sales. At least in the world of hip-hop. After some quick research, this is what I found. I'm going to give you all the top 10 just to push it in perspective. Again, this is 2023's hip-hop's first week sales. Please keep in mind this is solely the first week. Doja Cat's Scarlet comes in at number 10 with 72,000 sales. And when they say sales, these are streams, I'm, I'm assuming. Or maybe they're talking about you know, enough streams to equal a sale. I'm going to have to do a little bit more digging. But let's treat it like it's streams. 72,000 first week for Doja Cat and Scarlet. Surprisingly, Gunner makes the list, right? After all that backlash, people thought it was going to be blackballed. Gunners, a gift and a curse. First week numbers totaled 85,000. Surprising, right? Because you talk about so many people who are outspoken as far as we ain't, we ain't jacking that. But there was still enough curiosity and people wanted to know it. I'm sure that that's done way more since then. That was just first week. Oh, look at the, uh, the irony. At number eight, Young Thug's Business is Business first week album sales totaled 89,000. Number seven, I don't know if this really falls into that line. Say what you say about Post Malone. I don't think this was really a hip-hop album. But Post Malone's Austin album totaled 113,000. Wow, this is shocking. NF, I believe this is a religious rapper. His album Hope totaled 123,000 first week. That's what's up. Coming in at number five, Little Dirk. His album Almost Healed, after its first week, amassed 125000 Number four, I've been hearing about this guy has a cult following. I guess it's uh, apparent in this numbers, right? He comes in at number four on the list for 2023. Rod Wave, Nostalgia, 137000 And number three, Lil Uzi Vert with the pink tape. First week, 167,000. 
Now we're talking big boy numbers right here. Drake, for all the dogs, 402,000 in his first week. And coming in at number one for 2023, first week, Travis Scott's Utopia. Talking about another person who was kind of um, facing scrutiny, had to get low for a moment, came back. Came uh, in number one for 2023's first week album sales, 496,000. Now, you talk about the era where we grew up. I'm talking about we because the demographic that really follows this show, we're all pretty much around the same age. 496,000 was falling short of going gold. We had albums that went platinum first week, multi-platinum first week. Off of physical, actual sales. Nowadays, when all you really have to do is go grab your phone and play the song, and all the songs are two minutes, and you got it on repeat, and you can listen to the album three times on your drive to work more often than not. Not really the case for Travis Scott or for Drake, so I'm not going to put that on them. But I'm sure that little Uzi Vert shit fell into that realm. I don't want to stay there. I want to give a, a little bit more perspective, right? If number one for 2023 in first week was 496, I want to go to let y'all know what that equates to financially. So what I did is I went and I Googled how much money does 500,000 amass to monetarily. And what I get here, to put it in perspective for y'all, the kind of game these guys are playing in music. This is from Google. It says, in general, the amount of money that is paid per stream on Spotify is very small. Typically, just a few cents per stream. As a result, it could take a significant number of streams to generate meaningful amount of money. For example, if you were paid their standard, which is 0.004 cents per stream, 500,000 streams would generate around $2,000. What the Now it makes sense. Now when you tell me 60% couldn't pay for a cup of coffee, I can believe it. I think the number one, or excuse me, the first one we talked about that came in at number 10 for the entire year was 72000 Now if you put in perspective, the 500000 equals $2,000. You better have something else in your, in, in your tuck, right? You better be able to go do something else. This better just be the stepping stone to get you to a higher plateau. You better be on tour early and often. You better have the touring schedule of a fucking uh, WWF wrestler at this point, right? You better live on the road. Your merch game better be tight. You better be able to be somebody who sells physicals, whether that be, you know, the nostalgia tapes, CDs, or or the trendy vinyls these days, right? 500,000 streams. $2,000. How many artists in any genre can make a successful career off of their music alone? How many artists in this microwave era are even scratching the surface? How could you not be pessimistic 
when hearing of somebody trying to go create some music at this day and age, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, wow, well, what's the backup plan? Because uh, if you're not Taylor Swift or Drake, it's going to be a rough one, right? If the Travis Scotts of the world are making $2,000 off of first week sales, doing the most substantial sales of the year, it's going to be a long night. There's something to think about when you're out there creating music. And like I said, this is first week, but when you think about new music coming out every Friday, which is also a detriment to the artist, right? In our era, when you went and caught physicals, they dropped on Tuesdays, which means you grab that shit on Tuesday, bust open the plastic on the physical CD of your favorite artist, put that shit in wherever you're going to play it at, read the credits, look for the lyrics, whatever it is. And you had Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. To find out which one's your favorite songs and then, you know, you're playing those on repeat throughout Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Now you're asking the average individual with the attention span of a fucking house fly at a barbecue to be able to pay attention to your 38-minute, 24-track album while watching TV, swiping on their phone, listening to music. And carrying on conversations in person at the same damn time. Like, that's a, that's a tall order to ask these days and age, this day and age. And um, that's just discouraging. A big portion of the reason why when it came to Spotify, where, you know, it was actually, I'll, I'll be transparent, as the host of this, of this podcast. Began under the name of Anchor, which was just something that I heard more often than not. You know, the easiest way, and y'all heard me read the uh, host read ads in the past. The reason why you don't hear those ads anymore is because once you start trying to equate, you know, equate .0004 of a dollar, now they want to throw their, their extra bullshit on you, right? Oh, well, you're playing music. This can't be uh, monetized. I vowed that I wasn't going to say it on the regular pod, but Universal Music Group, y'all are some motherfucking assholes. I love this podcast and shit. I love creating. I love being able to highlight new music, put people on, right? Because like I said, it's hard to find quality shit. So if you have similar tastes and I'm able to go through everything, you know what I mean? Put together these playlists of new drops on a Friday. A person like me who drives more often than not for my job, I'm able to really go through it. Come and bring y'all what I think is, you know, the cream of the crop, at least for that week. And after being flagged a couple of times by Spotify on some infringement shit, I reached out to Universal Music Group. Like, hey, man, you know, I gave him gave my uh, analytics and let him know. You know, this is how many shows I do per month. This is how many songs I would potentially play. Can I get some type of a idea of a quote of what it would be? Do y'all do monthly? What do y'all do? Do y'all do you know for the annual fee, whatever it may be? Based on the info I gave them, they told me five hundred and twenty-five dollars. I've been over this before. Five hundred and twenty-five dollars quarterly, which equals up to twenty-one hundred dollars for the year. Now I know that there are some podcasts that they don't they ain't gonna be sneezing at that. They'll you know. It's nothing to sneeze at for somebody in my situation. All the time, all the effort, and all the uh, 
funds and energy that's spent over here, it would be really hard for me to try to justify bringing that to our family table. Like, yeah, well, you know, I'm going to do this just to play music. Nah. And what really made me angry is after being like, oh, you know, that's not going to be feasible for me at the moment. It just wouldn't make sense. Now what am I doing? All this work? Trying to drive people over to the Patreon to break even? Nah, I'm straight. And now what I found is that since I didn't go through with that, now I'm looking at my emails and another one's been flagged. Another one's been flagged. They're removing shit. Y'all some motherfucking assholes. That's why going forward, if it ain't my music or somebody who I know directly, probably ain't going to get played. Which is horrible, right? In my opinion, all we're doing is promoting the music in the era where it's obviously needed. 60% 60% of these shits ain't being listened to. But hey, it's just the way of the world, right? Capitalism. They got to do what they got to do. I got to do what I got to do. So with that being said, I put a post up on Instagram. If any of y'all listening or music creators or know somebody who you think would like to have their music featured, promoted, shared and displayed on the pod, please let me know. In the post, I left the... Uh, Email address, but I'll let it go on the pod for those of y'all who ain't on socials. Unprofessionalafpodcast at gmail.com. Submit any of your art that you would want to be highlighted, whether it's an intro, outro, or a featured track on the on the pod. I would definitely, you know, speak to your art and let people know how they can get a hold of y'all and, and find the rest of y'all catalog. So please keep that in mind. Infinity Posse, what's up? TM Co-op, what's up? Anybody who's out here making music and doing what they're doing, I mean, let me know how I can help and, and y'all be helping me just the same. So let's work. And uh, work around these mainstream artists who are going to do their numbers regardless. And shed some light on somebody who's up and coming and, and working on their craft. Let me know, y'all. Let's get this shit highlighted. Now, before we get out of here, I want to leave y'all with some good news. Today comes from a husband and wife in Austin, Texas. They've been honored as heroes for nourishing neighbors in need by hosting a community fridge outside of their restaurant. Now the owners of Nita Takaria are feeling a boomerang of good karma after the community found out their business was in trouble. In 2019, Edgar Rico and his wife Sarah opened their Takaria in East Austin, an area known as Food Desert, where options for fresh produce and groceries are scarce. They weathered the pandemic by offering curbside and delivery, as many did. And their compassion came to life when they became the pilot location of the new Austin Free Fridge Program. Edgar and Sarah began replenishing the community fridge, sometimes upward to 20 times a day, with everything from fresh meals to hydration packs during the heat waves. It became a lifeline for many folks, and the couple were happy to keep it stocked. But this summer, when they were forced to shut operations due to an electrical issue, which they said was caused by city oversight, they knew there were so many people relying on them, they had to figure out a solution. A week later, the two created a GoFundMe page and in their two days surpassed their $80,000 goal. In a direct quote, it says, It's the best feeling in the world when you can tell that people have your back. Help is there, and asking for it isn't anything to be ashamed of. 
You see, strangers and customers stepped up to support the Taqueria, saying thank you for taking care of the community during winter storms, heat waves, pandemics, and all the above. Donors contributed $118,000 so far. With one uh, donation, reading the following. Y'all fed us when we were frozen. You figured out how to make curbside happen when people were sick. You feed the community with the fridge pantry. You lift other area chefs up and help grow other businesses along the way. It's the least that we could do when you already do so much. Thank you. They had to say, uh, the feeling I get when I read those words is we got you. Luckily, or, you know, by the grace of the good people in this world, the restaurant is back up and running with Edgar and Sarah relieved that they can continue paying their workers and serving customers, but obviously with a limited capacity through the construction period. They said that more than anything, it affirmed their belief that there is an unspoken bond and connection that we have with one another that transcends the day-to-day. I want to highlight these two, Edgar and Sarah, their taqueria and all the work that they're doing and just, you know, Give them the flowers. Thank you for what y'all do. And we'll continue to do in the future. Episode 226 in the books. Getting ready to go celebrate the homie Joe's life once again with our loved ones tomorrow. Until next time, y'all find what makes you happy and return the favor. I'm going to holler at y'all later. Go on. I've been making moves lately. A lot of positive changes. It's funny how the roster rearranges. Some of my closest became strangers. Don't come back now. Shit would be dangerous. Thought y'all want the best for your man. Wasn't success part of the plan? Y'all gonna have to help me understand. When I'm slipping, I'm in high demand. Doing better, I can't find a fan. You want me to end how I began? Can't do it. The movement is improvement. Only offends those who don't do shit. Cool shit, stupid. Had to change the life I lived to do better for my wife and kids. Set an example for when either of my boys is wife and his. And making sure that my daughter ain't wiping tears. Unprofessional as fuck podcast.